Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, what we want to do is uh, go to our next part of what we were going deeper into, what God said to us for 2022 on. And he gave us seven things, and this seven things, and this is the fifth thing that we are going deeper into. We just glazed over the surface of those seven uh, in January, and we are taking each one and going a little deeper into those ones. And this is the fifth of seven uh, things. Let's open our Bibles to James. Chapter 1, verse 22. This is the fifth thing that God wants us to emphasize now. Verse 22. But prove yourselves, prove yourselves doers of the word. Prove yourselves. Doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves, who, in other words, deceive themselves, who fool themselves. So it's telling me when I'm concentrating and listening to him, which I want to do more and more, he says in this, prove. Prove yourself. Prove yourself. I said, okay. I just can't talk the talk. If I'm going to talk it, I have to prove what I'm talking is actually what I believe because I have to walk it out. Prove yourself. And I'm so glad that... um, that you brought that word, you know, that was, that was good, Ed. It was good. Uh, because as I was, you know, just going, just reading this, um, I've read it. I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times. But proof hadn't stood out to me. Yeah. I said, I said, that's good. That's good. Thank you, Ed. That's good. I don't want to deceive myself either. And no one thinks they are deceiving themselves. No one. He said, I don't. But he says that if I'm going to be a just a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, then I am deceiving myself. So, now, I can think that I'm not deceiving myself all I want to. But he's already told me, if I'm a talker of the word, I'm a hearer of the word, you know, and not a, and I'm, I can be a reader of the word, and not a doer of the word, I am deceiving myself. 
and thinking I'm doing something, and really I am not. That's what he's saying. And so that's the, that's the fifth thing that I wanted to go deeper into, uh, because he's trying to let us know today that there are blessings that you can't really and I can't really uh, conceive of that he has for us if we would do what he says. And not just hear it, not just read it, not just listen to it, not just hear a message about it, but do what he says. He has so much for us. Abundantly above all we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. I said, okay, Lord. Let's amplify this thing there. Show me what you're talking about. So I wanted just to, just to emphasize this today because I know, and I hope you know, that God wants to bless us. I hope you know that. And, and when, when we're talking about blessing now, we're not talking about just a, a little trickle or something. We're talking about showering blessings. When, when, when God blessed us, what did he do? He gave his only begotten son. That, that, that was the beginning of a blessing. I mean, that, that was a blessing, wasn't it? That's a blessing. That wasn't a little trickle or something. This is the life of our Lord. So when he wants to bless, he blesses. Now I know you say, I'm blessed all the time. I'm blessed because I got up this morning, you know. I'm blessed because I saw it snowing, you know, yesterday. I'm blessed, you know, because I have eyes to see. Nobody had to tell me, hey, it's snowing out there. Do you believe it's snowing out there? Because I can see it snowing. I'm so, I'm blessed, and we are. And we are. But he causes the rain and the snow on the godly and the ungodly. He has some blessings for his body. He has some blessings. I mean some blessings. Let's look at uh, Genesis. Let's just go there. Start there in chapter 2, verse 16. It says, The Lord God commanded the man, and did not say, the Lord God suggested to the man, but he commanded the man, saying, From any, any tree of the garden you may eat freely. Isn't God good? He's so good. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it, 
you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, so we see he said something to the man because the woman was not there. He made the woman later. And so he said this to the man. Let's go to verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 9. Let's go there. And you know where I'm going. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Where are you? Do you think he knew? Absolutely. 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 He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The women, they, they like this. The man said, that woman that you gave me, <laughs> she gave me from the tree and I ate. We are pitiful, aren't we, man? <laughs> We're pitiful. We're pitiful. Pitiful. So isn't God good that he didn't say, did she make you eat? Did she, did she cram it down your throat? Did she hold you down? Yeah. Let's go to verse 17. Then to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. Then he tells him uh, about the curse is going to be the ground, and the, the, in toil you're going to eat from it all the days of your life. In verse 18, both thorns and thistles, it shall grow for you, and you will eat uh, the plants of the field, verse 19. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now, God told him that he could eat of any tree, any tree of the garden 
freely except one. Except one. That's all. Except one. This, 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 is, this is mine. Did that tree out there? I said, all of them. All of them. You can freely eat. But this one, you can't eat. Can't eat. Now, isn't it just like the enemy to take something that God has freely given us, the multitude of things that God has given us, and point out one little thing, one little thing that he said not to do and try to get us to do it? Has he changed? Has he changed? And I say that, no, he hasn't changed. God has something so great for us. And, but he wants to see, are you going to be obedient or are you going to rebel? And this is going on and on and on. There are plenty of things. That we can do. Plenty of things. There are a few things we can't do. And I don't know what's wrong with our flesh, but our flesh, well, I do know what's wrong with it. There's no good thing in it. You know? There's no good thing in it. You know? You know? But see, our flesh somehow doesn't want to doesn't want to cooperate with our uh, minds and what we have been told to do. And so we don't know what would have happened if Adam would have said when Eve said, Hey, uh, I'm gonna eat this right here because it looks good and what I'm going to do is eat. And so she eats and she gives to him who's with her to eat. I wonder what would happen if people said, don't do this. No, don't do it. Stop, I'm going to eat. You can't keep me from who you think you are. You can, I'm just like you. God made me. I'm going to eat. And he said, well, if you want to, I'm not going to eat. And she said, eat, go and eat. And he says, no, I'm not going to eat. Hey, there's nobody in the garden for you but me. And you said, he said, I'm going to die. If I die, then you're going to be back with, the, with, with animals. You see? I wonder what will happen if he said, I don't care. I'm going to obey God. I wonder what would have happened. Have you ever wondered that? What would have happened if he wouldn't have partaken of this fruit, this forbidden fruit? I wonder what that happened. Well, we know also that God had a plan. We know that. Um, we know that God knew what was going to happen to start with. And the plan had already been worked out because he knew that. Uh, but I guarantee you that, that God always has so much blessing, so much blessing for an obedient person that they would, they, they, they would, we would say, wow, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. A bundle of above all I could ask to think. That this is what God did. Let's look at 
Genesis chapter 22. Let's go there. This is an offering of Isaac. Verse 1. Now, it says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. He did what? Tested Abraham. Now we know that he's not testing Abraham for him to sin. We know that. But he wants to see whether he's going to be obedient because he has so many blessings. Oh, he got so many blessings. Oh, if he's, if he's obedient, I got some blessings for him. But the enemy doesn't want him to be blessed like that. I wonder how was he able to do this thing. But anyway, he says that God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son. Is that his only son? Ishmael was not in existence? Yeah, he was. But it is the only son of promise. He t- take your only son here, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land, Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering. A burnt offering now. My goodness gracious. Now, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the heathen did stuff like that. But... but not, not God's people. And offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountain on which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He loaded his donkey, did all those type of things. And now, how difficult do you think that was to even start there? Because there's no, there's no record of any other conversation. There's no conversation that says, but God. You don't see but in Scripture. No hesitation. No hesitation. I'm thinking this man knows something. He knows something because if he's going to do this, and we know that Sarah was already burned. We know that he hadn't had any, any, any children by her. And we know that this is the only son by her and him together. And so we're saying, what in the world would this man be willing to sacrifice? And not only is that his only son of promise, but this is a son now. This is a son that everybody from the supposed to come through, basically. You know, this, Jesus is going to come through the how, how is he going to go up and offer him as a burnt offering? How can you do that without even a question? Without any, you know, just let's, let's have a little dialogue, Jesus. Let's have a little dialogue, God, because cause we have this little dialogue now. Uh, I might convince you, you probably made a mistake. Do we have dialogue sometimes with God when we don't want to do something? Yeah, we do. I said, gosh, 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 gosh. And and you know the story basically. You know, you know the story. And and so 
he says some things that, that are very interesting. Very interesting. Let's look at verse 5. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. We will worship and return. He didn't say, and I will return. He said, we're going to go worship and return. So it's implying that both of them are going to return. What does he know that we don't know? What does he know that we don't know? Why can't we say things? Why don't we call those things that be not as though they were? Because that's what he does. That's what he did. He says that we're going to go worship. And then we're going to come back. We're going to worship and return. Because I know something that... You don't know. You see. And I I want to know something. You know, because my flesh thinks it knows everything. You know? And I want God to know that I trust him. I believe him. Whatever he says, I know he has my best interest at stake. I know. He loved, if he loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son, which he did, that means that what, what would he withhold from us? He's not going to withhold any good thing. Nothing good. Now, as I spoke to Abraham in verse 7, he's a, uh, he's a faithful father, father, father. A father. He said, here I am. Here I am, son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And see, so he's old enough to have some sense. Now, he he knows, you know, that, that we got everything except the main thing here. Abraham said, God will provide for himself. The lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And then Isaac didn't say, well, wait a minute, Father, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, hold, hold, let's, let's have some conversation here. Because I don't see no lamb. And you said God going to provide. Where is he going to provide it from? No dialogue, right? No dialogue. So the son trusted the father. Then they came to the place, and, and, and you know the rest, he put the wood all out, and he laid them down, tied them up, laid them all down there. He was getting ready, and, and, and the, the angel of the Lord came to him from heaven and said, Abraham, this is verse 11, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him for now, 
For now, now I know that that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son. But see, he, he, now, he didn't wait to see whether he was going to do this. He didn't have to wait, did he? Because he already knew. See, see, he knew that if he didn't stop him, he was going to kill him. He was going to kill him. Because he also knew that if God says kill him, then God is going to raise him up. God's going to raise him up. Because God has my best interest in the state. God has already said, he's already said that this is the child of promise. He's already said these things. He's already said that, that you know, look at the stars and everything, that, that if you can number the stars, that, that so can you number your, your, um, all of your posterity behind you and all that. You, you know, if you can count the, the, the sand on the sea. In other words, he says that if God says all this, God is going to raise them up. He's going to raise them up. What do we say when God has already told us something and circumstances say something else? What do we say? Do we say what the circumstances say? Do we say what the enemy says? You see? Do we say what somebody says to you and you know that's not what God says? Do you repeat what they say or do you repeat what God says? Do you know something that others don't know? Or really, do we follow our flesh? Do we follow our eyes? Do we follow the world system? Do we follow things other than what God has said? And I'm saying to us that God wants to bless us abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. He wants to, uh, he wants to just shower blessings upon us. All he wants to know is what he wanted to know about Abraham. Now I know that you fear God. I know you fear God because you're going to be obedient, obedient to what I said in spite of the circumstances, in spite of what you see, in spite of what somebody said as opposed to know what they're talking about, in spite of all those things. Are you going to believe them or are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe what you see or are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe what you feel or are you going to believe me? Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to honor? Who are you going to fear? Are you going to fear God? You see, because that's what, that's what he told, told Abraham. Now I know. Now I know. Now I know. So I tell you that you know that God showered so many blessings on Abraham because Abraham is saying, oh, man, hey, look, you know, he laughs because he says, can a man 100 years old 
have a child? Can, can, can a woman, you know, that's, that's been barren all this, this time, you know, and, and, and is she going to have a, a child? And we look later on, and here, here Sarah dies. Abraham, this dude, now is way up in ages, because he was already 100 now, come on. Way up in age, he marries uh, somebody named Keturah. And this dude, I look at six sons. I said, how is this dude going to have six sons? You know, and, and he was already 100 when he had Isaac. How, how, how is he going to do that? You know, I mean, he has a, he has a, he has a body and everything. And he, he thought his father was dead. God is able to abundantly bless you more than you could ever think or imagine. Because you're obedient. So he can keep having children, keep having children, keep having children, and keep having children, and keep having, like I said, the, you know, the Abraham Accord over in the Middle East. They're, they're joining together and stuff like that. But there are, there are a lot of more Abraham people than just those who are in that part of Abraham's accord. There's a lot more because he had he had a lot of kids. Other than Ishmael and Isaac. He had more, more kids than that. And I said, This man, God just blessed him. He just blessed him. And and, and, and you try it when you get to be about hundred and ten, known, fifteen, twenty you you try it. Try to have one. And see can you have one? You know? But see God God is able to abundantly bless us more. We ask the thing. Let's go over to Deuteronomy. Just let's go there real quick. And you know that you know the history of Deuteronomy. And, and, and Deuteronomy twenty-eight, chapter twenty-eight, verse one. He says, "Now it shall be if you diligently what obey, diligently obey." The Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which he commands you today, that he will set you on high above all nations on the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you. Let's look over in another one. Let's go to another one. Our last one. I want to, well, I don't know where's the last one now, but I'm going to go there. Um. In Matthew, now I'm going to go to John, John 13. Now, you said, in Deuteronomy it says, if you diligently obey my command. Well, we know that's the Old Testament commandments, okay? But we know the New Testament, like in John. The Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you love one another. In John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. That's the New Testament there. You keep my commandments. In John 15, 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. 
And then if I just tell you what Matthew is telling, it is that, you know, when, when it says, hey, wh- which is the greatest commandment? He says, love your God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And then said, and the other one is just like it. It's a, you know, love one another um, as I've loved you. So now, we still say, even though Deuteronomy says, talking about the Old Testament, we know the New Testament, I don't care, uh, I don't care what it says in the Old Testament, all the law and, and all the prophets are uh, uh, those two. Love the Lord your God. Love others. So that's what we have to do. We have to do that. And I don't know, but I believe that if we do that, he's going to shine so many blessings upon us if we can just do it. You say, well, that's easy to do too. I can do it. I can do it. I'm going to tell you, that's hard to do, those two. But he wants us to work on it now. He wants us to work on it. We cannot do it apart from him, right? Can't do it apart from him. But I want us, he wants us to know, and I want us to know that that's the goal. That's the goal. We're going to love God. More than anything. More than anybody. We're not going to hold back nothing. 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 I don't care what it is. Nothing are you going to hold back from God. You say, well, I give him anything if he asks for it. And he says, uh, okay, I want your money. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Rich young ruler found that out, didn't he? You know? He's going to act like he so, you know, so tough. Yeah, what must I do? Yeah, have eternal life. I've done all those. He named about six of them. You know, I've done all that. I've done all that. Okay. All right. Okay. But just, 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 just take all. You, you, I know you got all these possessions. Go sell them. Go sell your possessions and give to the poor. He didn't say give everything to the but he, he said give to the poor. He went away sorrowful. He, he can, he, didn't he ask a question? What must I do? He told him what he must do. Okay? He was talking about eternal life. We don't have to do anything for eternal life, but do what God told us to do, which is to receive him and all those things. So we don't have to do anything for that. It's a gift from God, like it's a grace. But I'm telling you, if we're going to receive all the precious and magnificent promises that God has for us, we're going to have to be obedient, I guarantee you. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. And, and, and if we think that we can, we can uh, say, well, you know what? I do love my, my neighbors. I do love others just like Christ loved me. I do, I do, I do, and I do love God. Now, you remember what we started with? We can say we are a talker of the word, but if we're not a doer of the word, we're deceiving ourselves. Because, you know, that's what it says. And I tell you, somebody who I am with this, somebody who did that was like, uh, you remember, let's go to Samuel. 
First Samuel. Let's go to First Samuel. You'll, you'll remember the story, I'm pretty sure. In verse 15, starting in verse 10, um, Samuel rebukes Saul because God told Samuel, tell Saul, I want you to go to Malachi. So what I want you to do is destroy everything. Everything is under the ban. You take nothing. Nobody, nothing is mine. Your mama, he said, you can eat everything from all the trees. You can do all you want to, but just this one. This one. When he was telling, telling uh, Samuel, tell Saul, hey, all, all of them are mine. Everything. You destroy everything. Everything, everything, everything. Don't you bring my nothing, nothing, nothing. And Saul ends up bringing back, you know, the king. He brings back, you know, the uh, the the all the all the nice little good stuff. And 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 Sam said, "Well, what is that? Why can't you be obedient?" He said, "I was obedient. I was obedient." I destroyed him. He said, well, what's this I hear? Oh, 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 oh that's just the people. They, they want to bring back something because they want to worship God. You know, doesn't it sound good. I want to worship God. And he is a, that's where the saying comes, we all know, is that to obey is better than sacrifice. Okay? To obey is better than sacrifice. And so... Uh, and, and disobedience is like, like witchcraft. You know, he says that. He says that. He says in verse uh, 23, For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. And so he's saying to us, disobedience, that's rebellion, is like a sin of divination. Insubordination to God is, is just like idolatry and iniquity. So do we want the precious and magnificent promises that God has said is already ours? Do we want them? And why would God give us precious, magnificent promises if he didn't want us to have them? All he wants us to do is obey two things. Love him. Because if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. So if he says something to us that you think is not that, like, watch what you say. Do not say negative things. Stop, stop thinking negative things about people. I want you to do this. And you say, well, hey, that's not one of the two. But it is. Because he said that if you love me, keep my commandments. So anything he tells us to do, because we love him, we do it. Okay. And all he wants to do, 
I got so much blessings for you. And, and they just, they, the angels just waiting to be dispatched to bring you the blessings and your children's children and all through all generations. Do you know that God wants your prosperity? Do you know he wants, he's a, he's a generational God. He wants, he, he wants the children that you don't even have yet to be blessed. He wants the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren and the great-grandchildren and all those, all those thousands of generations that's in you. He wants those blessed, blessed, blessed. I don't care whether they obey God or not right now. If you obey God, if you do what he tells you to do, he will cause blessings to go to you and to yours. And so when we say, well, I won't. My children be saying, I want my children's children. I want this and that. Well, then it starts with you. You know? Get off your children's cases, you know, about they need to do this, they need to do that. We're talking about you. Okay? You be obedient and watch what God will do for you. Okay? Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.